It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. And what that normally means for many people when they are trying to run around, and thank goodness, I for those who were in Atlanta in Hartsfield Airport over the weekend, I so feel sorry for you. I can't imagine how awful it was. 24 hours type thing in the dark because of a fire in a substation. Anyway, but what most people are looking to do when they are dashing about is kind of like do a personal review of their year, of their relationship, of what's going on in their life, how they can make things better. And I, I find it interesting that we kind of have certain days that are connected to um, sex and celebration, New Year's, you know, sometimes Christmas, and Valentine's. And that's when people focus on making their world better or, you know, being a little kinder or a little nicer. So I thought what I would do for this show is talk about creating, and it's, am, am I normal to do this? Absolutely. Is looking at how can you create sexy Christmas gifts in a number of different areas? And it doesn't mean just, you know, the latest, greatest vibrator, you know, with remote control or, you know, set down your, make sure that you get it loaded up with the certain program that is your favorite for your partner when they're traveling. No, what I'm talking about is a whole other thing. But the first thing I'd like to talk about is something that happened over the weekend, um, actually on Friday. And it was a Washington Post uh, report on Friday. And from a public health standpoint, uh, what I see happened here is when we talk about the draining the swamp or getting rid of the corruption, some of the most corrupt organizations are the things that are associated with public health. The CDC is very political and National Institutes of Health, similar thing. You will see they are a revolving door between pharma and lobbying and being, you know, brought into uh, an elected office, um, appointed. And what, what it was is this says their report said that the Center for Disease Control and Prevention is pushing back against a report alleging that the Trump administration had banned the organization from using specific words in next year's budget documents. Now, when I read that, and I read that it was citing an analyst who had been briefed on the ban of seven terms, I think what happened is this analyst 
ended up being the person to say, this is enough of this crap. We are done with having people who will not allow the public health, you know, appointed officials to do what they are supposed to do. Because the majority of people who are in these organizations are good people. But there are some who are at the top who are just awful. So the words that they were trying to ban, and it was confirmed by other CDC, Center for Disease Control officials, were vulnerable, entitlement, diversity, transgender, fetus, evidence-based, and science-based. Now, there was no reason given, uh, and the ban was not clarified in this briefing. And this analyst had been briefed on these terms and was reporting this to the Washington Post. Now, pushing back on this today is the CDC director. She did a tweet on it, Brenda Fitzgerald, and she put it in a Facebook post as well. I want to assure you there are no banned words at CDC. We will continue to talk about all our public, important public health problems, programs, pardon me, CDC director Brenda Fitzgerald said in a Facebook post. I want to assure you that the CDC remains committed to our public health mission as a science and evidence-based institution as part of our commitment to provide for the common defense of the country against health threats, science is and will be the foundation of our work. Now, one has to realize that there are some really good spin doctors operating in Washington. That's what you call a lobbyist. That's someone who goes and tells people, this is, you know, um, this is the, you, know, you need to be following along with my group and supporting this and how many children do you have and how many of them would you like to have a very, you know, cushy, good college for them to go to? This is how this stuff operates. So when I heard this, of course, for the people, I'm on the leadership committee, Program in Human Sexuality, University of Minnesota Medical School. And to say that there was, a, you know, a, an outrageous roar from my group saying, what the F are these people doing? is an understatement. And just to, to cite one comment is Dr. Eli Coleman is the seated chair, of, uh, the first chair in human sexual health at the University of Minnesota. And he said that his comment was, I will discuss with Joycelyn, this is Dr. Joycelyn Elders, the former Surgeon General, a strategy from the Surgeons General. So we had a presentation where we had all five of the Surgeons General, we had five of them, uh, doing a presentation for us. And these, uh, this li they literally are referred to as the nation's doctor. And the, you know, Eli's comment was, Dr. Coleman's comment was, this makes absolutely no public health sense. And I am sure that the national health organizations will weigh in. Unfortunately, the CDC is rather politicized and the president gets to influence that department even more than NIH. There are many ACLU lawsuits waiting to happen. American Civil, American Civil Liberties Union. Um, and here's the thing, we know that this is the attitude of some people. They do not want to have um, uh, words, you know, they don't want to acknowledge transgender or diversity, but to say no science-based and no evidence-based, that's what these groups are based on, which is for them to, I think what happened here is someone leaked what they were doing and totally blindsided them that people were onto this. Because what's happening now 
people say, oh, it's a conspiracy. You know what? The world is now looking at just about everything as a conspiracy because it's become the norm. People don't believe the news. They don't believe what they're being told in mainstream media. They don't believe what they hear on, you know, in political reports or anything like that. And you know that people are looking for something a little different when a show, a, 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 a channel like Hallmark has 85 million people watching their Christmas shows. Hello? No kidding. People are done listening to the other guys. So enough on that, but I think that what we will find is there's going to be a lot of pushback on this. And it is the, the people such as myself, my friends, my colleagues, we will be the people leading you know, the charge saying you cannot do this. And from a science-based and from having some of the most credentialed people in the world of sexual health and sexuality to back us up. So another thing people may want to have be aware of is the use of uh, baby boys foreskins by pharma to develop vaccines, to develop um, other treatment protocols, and to use, and now here's the thing, most people aren't even aware that these things could be sold. Yeah, they can be, and they can be a very lucrative source of um, money for a hospital, given that it gets broken down into and used to replicate, and it's sold for hundreds of dollars per vial. But the important thing is, when you are using the DNA tissue from a baby boy with that harvested foreskin, you never get all of the DNA out of that tissue. It remains in there, which means if this is what someone is using to manufacture a vaccine or to create different tissue cultures, you are, and then it's and put into another human's body, that human being is having someone else's DNA put in their body. Pretty scary, huh? So, and by the way, there really is no um, health-based reason for circumcision of baby boys. Culturally, yes. But, you know, just a little FYI, when the Jews were first being circumcised, it was not the whole foreskin that was being removed. It was the blood, and it was the blood that was the covenant of the Jew, Jewish people with their God, with God. So what would happen is they would do a nick in the foreskin, draw the blood, and then that would be, in, you know, that would create the covenant with that boy child and God, small g. Then what happened is that people were not taking, you know, they were, you know, basically, I mean, we're coming up to our time here, so I'm going to have to come back and talk to you after. Nope, nope, we're fine. We've got a minute and 30 seconds, about a minute. But what was happening is the Jews were able to pull down the foreskin and tie it um, over their, the head of the glands because an exposed glands was considered highly offensive in Roman times. So what they did is the, um, what they did afterwards is they changed it to the uh, rabbis would then take off the entire foreskin so that it couldn't be tied down into the little knot. You may have seen old pictures of particularly acrobats and vaulters, and you'll see the guy, and it looks like there's a little baby bow at the end of the penis. That's the tied foreskin, so that the glands was not exhibited. Anyway, there is no reason to remove the foreskin for 
just for a medical reason. Now, I'm coming up to my first break. When I come back, I will explain to you why there is no reason for that. Um, here come the tunes. I think we're going to be hearing here come the tunes. <laughs> 15 seconds. So when I come back, I'll talk about the why there is no reason for circumcision and the things that it actually does and impacts for the men who are circumcised. Here come the tunes. with Lou on Toginet with your host Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. was growing up in Wisconsin, no matter how frigid it was outside, my Uncle Bob never seemed to get cold. He would come in from the snow wearing a t-shirt and remark how fresh it was outside. Then again, folks from Wisconsin are a pretty hardy bunch. As America's official dairy state, the cows have been known to give ice cream instead of milk when the temperatures drop. What's a word for a giant snowball that is formed by rolling a smaller one through a field of snow? Hogamadog. Megla is an old Scots word meaning to trudge laboriously through the snow. And mufflements is an old Lancashire word for thick, warm, insulating clothes and gloves. Don't forget that you shouldn't try and send text messages if you're standing out in the cold. It can lead to typothermia. Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Low-fat foods can be healthy or unhealthy, depending on what you choose to eat. Whole foods like vegetables, fruit, beans, rice, and potatoes are all low-fat and good for you. Processed low-fat foods are a different story. Eat this, not that, says that the term low-fat is synonymous with loaded with salt and cheap carbohydrates. Many times when the fat is taken out, it is replaced by unhealthy ingredients that are not good for you. The New England Journal of Medicine found that over a two-year span, people on low-carb diets lost 62% more body weight than those on low-fat diets. It's always important to keep your fats low while choosing good, healthy foods to eat. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back. <clears throat> uh, before the break, I said what I would discuss coming back in is there really is no technical reason for circumcision to occur despite the fact that people will say, oh, it's because, and then, because here's the thing, they have refuted all of these things saying it will protect them against sexually transmitted diseases, it will protect them against getting this, or, 
And in all actuality, the thing that protects the most against anything is um, good habits and good cleanliness, period. And to remove the foreskin removes some of the most sensitive tissue on a man's body. It has some of the greatest number of nerve endings just inside of the foreskin. And what happens when it's removed, there's only one tiny little area that is remains, and that is invariably the circumcision scar site. And that's the area that for many men is the most sensitive. That and also the little V-notch at the back of the head of the penis. That's also, you know, a concentrated area where that tissue would be. But, at, you know, the, the frenulum area. But and a frenulum means it's a skin attachment point. But what happens is when that is removed, that takes away what could be some of the most enjoyable, you know, pleasure building tissue for a man. And I know of some men who, you know, were looked after by grandparents who were very uncomfortable, you know, touching the little boy's penis. And at one point, you know, he was masturbating and he thought he had torn everything. And really what it was is the, the smegma on the inside of the, uh, the, the uh, foreskin had sort of attached it to the head of the glands. And really it was just like breaking open, you know, removing, you know, something that was stuck to it. But the thing is, there's, there's papers that have been written and presentations that I have seen uh, presented. And the reason most little boys get circumcised is so they look like dad. That's why. Hello. Thank you. Um, but, you know, for certain cultures, it is something, you know, uh, Jews for, for certain other religious organizations. But really, the thing is, is, it's the blood of the covenant, particularly for the Jews. Now, um, there's two individuals that I know of, Dr. Winston Wilde, and his surname is spelled W-I-L-D-E. And he, in combination with Dr. Hernando Chavez, C-H-A-V-E-S, so that's Winston Wilde and Hernando Chavez, and they have done a presentation refuting and going over all of these papers where they say, oh, we have, you know, we already know that there's been a seminal paper that has said that circumcision is necessary for boys. No, it's not. And given that they, some hospitals, are using that tissue to develop vaccines and selling it and making a profit on it, shame on them. Um, anyway, now let's go on to sexy Christmas gifts. When we look at ourselves and we look at our friends, we often will see some of the things, you know, we might like to have in our lives. But when you're talking about sexy Christmas gifts, as I said, it isn't just the vibrator. Because and I remember doing a presentation for these men and they were part of a group called uh, EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. Excuse me. And what they, uh, the one guy said, look, we all have drawers full of vibrators and toys. Toys are not going to be the number one thing that are going to help us. Um, what we need is something that, you know, is changes attitudes or changes, you know, brings something new in. And the big thing that will do everything 
to create, you know, sexy Christmas gifts is a change in attitude. And because when you change an attitude, that allows you to look at something in a way you hadn't before. And so I'll start off with, you know, the one area for many people, they're not happy with their bodies, right? They think there's something wrong with them. They need to change them. But, you know, the gift of health and the gift of a healthy body for, you know, feeling sexier, for feeling better about yourself starts with yourself. And it really starts with what are you putting in your mouth? Seriously, the majority of chronic illnesses, the majority are all can be all traced back to nutrition and toxicity in our, our environment and the things that you're putting on and in your body, almost all of them. And when you change how you're looking at that, when I mean, with people who have undergone standard treatments for cancer or for any uh, chronic illness for Crohn's, irritable bowel, really what happens is they just get more stuff thrown at them, more medications thrown at them. They don't look at what is the cause, or they'll come up with the standard medical thing is to say, we don't know what causes Crohn's. To hell you don't know. Yes, they do. And But what they won't do is stop the money train of prescribing and the pharma prescriptions. So the important thing for anyone who wants to give themselves or their family or their partner a gift of health is they need to be aware and they also need to find alternative places to, and I don't know why we call them alternative. I, I refer to them as the, you know, the real sources of information, but where you can get you know things that will take you and give you whether it's essential oils, whether it is changing to organic food, whether organic food and you know having less stress in your life are going to be two of the biggest things you can do to give yourself a gift of health. And when I see so many people who are so overweight, so tremendously overweight, to me it is just so sad. And yet, when I see how they eat and I see the foods they're buying in the grocery store, I know why they are the size that they are. So changing, you know, another gift of health, changing medications. For many people, when they go on to certain medications, whether it's anti, you know, um, anti-anxiety, anti-depressed, they lose all their libido or they might lose their um, sensation. But when you are, you know, if it's, you know, cholesterol, we'll do this anti-cholesterol medications will do the same thing. They basically, you know, your body is dealing with a really highly toxic material and you're trying to maintain health and in all actuality, they have just, I literally just read an article and I think it was on Green Med Info, which if you don't know about that site, you should. Because Green Med Info, um, they literally look at what are the published peer review articles and they were talking about how the uh, medications being given for, um, I, think, I believe it was cholesterol, how they are uh, interrupting people's ability to just function normally and that the anti-cholesterol, the Lipitor is whatever, 
are gateway drugs. That's what they called them. Gateway drugs for being, um, for getting, for having more prescriptions given to you. I was listening to, I think it was <clears throat> Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, who's a, one of my dearest friends. And she is one of the foremost uh, physicians worldwide, considered uh, an influencer by World Health Organization in the area of vaccine choice. And when Sherry was, you know, first, you know, doing all of the things she was doing, she was looking at how the food that people were eating was impacting so much of their, their brain, their gut, everything. So when you're looking at something, be sure to check, you know, and get a good health source. As I said, GreenMedInfo, naturalnews.com. And you can find things in there because I, I got it because I want to know, you know, what are the connections between certain things, pep papers that have been published and how it can better enhance sexuality or better enhance function or better enhance how your body operates. Because the more your body feels better, the more it's going to operate better. Even having, you know, little sniffles and little coughs, it doesn't make someone feel good. That is something, get yourself some essential oil peppermint and only get good essential oils because, um, or I should say therapeutic grade, because that then tells you that no other impurities like hexane, which is highly toxic, was used in order to um, extract the um, essential oil. And the reason they called essential is they were actually called quintessential, meaning relating to or part of, you know, imbued with the properties of. And so the quin, the five, when they talked about the essences, you know, is it air, earth, water, fire? This was the fifth. The essential oils were considered the quint, the fifth essential um, essence. Uh, but the important thing about this is that you can do so much so easily and quickly to give yourself a gift of health. Simple. So when you are ready, you are going to be able to give yourself the gift of health and a better body. Now, when we come back, we're going to be talking about the gifts of ideas, of positions, of toys. And I will let you know that there are actually only five positions, despite what I love these books that say, you know, 150 different positions. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But it's completely hilarious because it isn't at all what you might think. And, you know, the, again, I'm going to be going to the adult novelty show in January. I'll have more things to discuss with you after that. But given the next Monday is Christmas, I'm going to be out and have reruns for the next two weeks because it's Christmas and then it's New Year's. So now here come, I think we're going to be having the tunes. <laughs> Roy's typing like mad. <laughs> okay, seven. Here we go. Here come the tunes. And when I come back, I'll talk about toys, positions, and everything else new. Is 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. that besides home and work, Americans spend more time at the mall than anywhere else? There are 50,000 shopping malls in the United States alone. The Mall of America, located between Minneapolis and St. Paul, is the largest in the world with more than 500 stores. What's a word for a person who is a compulsive shopper? An oniomaniac. Studies have shown that women will buy more if they hear their heels clicking on the floor. So designers often use hard flooring in hallways. Of course, the stores want customers to spend all their coopity coop. That's another word for money. Well, I gotta run. There's only one more shopping day until tomorrow. My husband said if I don't quit shopping so much, he would leave me. Lord, I'm gonna miss that man. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Julie Brain Lady Anderson is considered to be one of the nation's top experts on the brain personality connection. And now every week she's here to share her knowledge with you. When you learn to tap into the potential of your natural gifts and the power of the brain-mind connection, the sky is never the limit. As a matter of fact, there is no limit. Tune in to Brain Lady Speaks with Julie Brain Lady Anderson, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. <clears throat> Hello, everyone, and welcome back. As I said just before the break, next week will be next Monday, uh, which is when my show would be, will be Christmas Day. And then the following Monday, obviously, is going to be New Year's Day. So I will be off radar for a couple of weeks, but I will have reruns going. So coming back, gifts, you know, the gift, of, the sexy Christmas gift you can give yourself in the area of ideas, positions, and toys. Now, <clears throat> when I wrote my first book, one of the things I had to do was find, because my seminars and everything got started from an actual hands-on seminar that I started where I was showing the techniques, uh, the manual and oral techniques using what I call instructional product translation dildos, and using that in um, set up in a room where, and seminars were like for ladies only or for gentlemen only. But what I found um, is that the, you know, the important thing is that people wanted to have new information, but sometimes they just wanted to expand on what they already did. And so what I did when I was writing my books is that I had to come up with um, examples of different positions that people used because, you know, obviously majority of times, People will often go on to intercourse from manual or oral and this. So I bought a bunch of position books, all the, you know, and this was, you know, this was 
you know, 18 years ago. So there was no internet. There wasn't things that you could just go on and, you know, click and find it. You had to literally go and get a book. So when I got the books, I started realizing, oh my God, these people are just making this stuff up. And what I found is that if they had a book that had say 150 pages and they said, we've got, you know, 85 different positions or whatever it may be, most people would get so, you know, turned on by the time they're looking at X number of um, positions that they would never look through the entire book. What I found is that there would be one where it shows this woman, you know, sitting on top of a man going, you know, um, uh, you know, woman, uh, woman on top. Okay. And then the next thing, 60 pages later, it would be exactly the same position, but her head would be thrown back and her mouth open going like, ah, whatever it may be. And instead they would call it a different position altogether. And I'm like, you are so full of crap. So what I realized, I started looking that in essence, there are five positions. Okay. And everything is a variation on a theme. So when you're thinking about trying a sexy new Christmas position, realize that there's either woman on top, man on top, rear entry, standing, kneeling, or sitting. Okay. There isn't anything else. And when I was trying to get positions for standing, <clears throat> the person who gave me the best standing position ever was the gentleman, Paul Drill, who was my tailor. And he had grown up in Russia. And he said, look, in Russia, when I was a teenager, you didn't have cars. You didn't have your own apartments. He said, so you had to, you know, do things very furtively. And he said that also was a time when women wore um, stockings with, what do they call um, Shoot, you know, little things that attach onto them. Anyways, I'll think of it in a moment. Garter belts. There we go. And <clears throat> he said what they would do is the woman would stand above the man, put her leg over, and this isn't a stairwell, put her leg over the railing to stabilize herself, hold on to the railing, and then he would enter from below, and then they would have sex that way. And what Paul told me is he said if you ever meet a friend of his who had a girlfriend who was taller than he was, he would always go, oh, too bad. He knows he's not getting any. But the important thing about this is that positions really are best worked out between you and your partner. I've had partners where, you know, the one partner is much bigger than the other partner, usually the male, but sometimes not. And so it's a matter of keeping someone in position or in place. And in that case, what you might consider doing is giving yourself a gift of a thing. Um, they are cushions that you can put into place and they, they keep you positioned the way you want. So you don't have to use soft pillows and there's a, you know, a number of different lines of them. They're kind of foam, um, but they are a terrific product. I had some samples from one manufacturer that I gave to a gentleman who used to work with me because he couldn't seem to keep his wife in a bit. Yeah, this is fun. He, you know, he was my bookkeeper. So while we're going down, you know, accounting, he's asking me questions on, you know, so what can I do for this? And what can I do for that? Um, anyway, this is um, those 
those cushions will keep you in position better. The other thing is if you are wanting to get different ideas, hey, you know, go and go and get a book. Go. I'll tell you one place I would not recommend people go is uh, online porn because it's someone else's fantasy, and I'll tell you why. When you're looking at some person doing something in a porn film, you are looking at someone directing someone. These are actors. This isn't what they would normally do. And the, you know, it may be that it's a married couple. Some, sometimes they are. Majority of times they are not. But when you are looking at the uh, ideas or, you know, positions or things for uh, in a porn area, what you are looking at is someone else's fantasy and idea. And you're looking at uh, positioning that is not necessarily comfortable, but it's good to get a shot of a penis going in and out of a body. That's it. Okay. And you can, you can tell the level of, you know, the amount of money being spent on the talent. The moment you spot the black socks on the guy standing at the end of the bed. Oh, yuck. That is just so icky. But the important thing about getting information, go where you think you're going to get something that resonates more with you. One thing I will ask you to be careful about, do not go to kink.com. It is, a, to me, a really rotten site. And the reason being is that they are not showing what true kink is about. It is not things that it is consensual. It's not safe. And in some cases, it's not sane. And that's what kink really is um, meant to be. And it's something that some people discover new things. Some people discover, you know, uh, things that, you know, they might like to be, you know, have their hands held or restrained, you know, slightly. Here's one thing that I w would often tell couples. Get together and get maybe a catalog or go to a store or go to an online store and see if there's something and look for the two of you to buy something together. Okay. Because if it's something that you're looking at together, rather than it all of a sudden being introduced as a gift in, you know, the bedroom, like, Oh, I'm, I guess I'm supposed to use this. Uh, it's more likely that you're going to have more communication about it. You're going to say, Hey, you know what? I think I'd like to try that, but you know, I don't know, because when I talked about the top of the show, one of the most important things to do when you are doing anything to change, you know, something from sexy, from normal, you know, from, from normative to sexy or to change it is changing your attitude. And if you have the attitude that you're going to have fun with this, and, you know, even if it means laughing your ass off because it was so ridiculous, that's up to you, really. And so... When I ask couples, I say, find something you'd like to try together and then get it. Now, as I said before, I'm going to be at the adult novelty show in January. And <clears throat> I invariably see one or two new things, but not much, truly not much at all. And when I do, I'm always so pleasantly surprised because invariably what you see is that how many people can rip off the other person? How quickly? Truly. Another thing, if you want to do something together as a couple, you can try doing, you know, a, uh, a, a meditation together that focuses on the two of you. And 
just being quiet and together, when you are, if you have the intention of doing that with your partner, it changes things so quickly. And it just, it creates like a beginning of the day where you feel good, you're ready. For some people, it's, you know, they want to do, you know, some prayer, they do meditation, they do something, but they do it with the intention of creating their day the way they want. And that, you know, when you have the intention and attitude to create something sexy for, you know, your holiday season and for going forward, because if there's an issue in your relationship, um, whether it is money or time or children or family members, we, we can't really change our family members, but you know, you need to have both of you feel like you're on the same page and supported because that's, you know, that's the important, that person, if you do not feel supported by your partner, that means you are going to, someone else is going to get the attention, someone else. And I use the example of a woman who had been married for 28 years to a man who ended up uh, fooling around. But the thing was, he had a mother who was unbelievably intrusive in their relationship. And she was more, he ended up making the mother more important than his wife. And that was one of the things that was, you know, that was the final straw. And now that they're divorced and he remarried someone else, the mother, you know, her mother-in-law is like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe this is what I just did. And she sees it now, but that was, she, you know, she still is considered part of that family as far as the mother-in-law is concerned. But, you know, by that point, the attitude um, had damaged it to the point there was nothing could put it back together again. So when you look at the positions and the toys, make sure you get something that's for the two of you and not just one of you. I mean, it can be a little more challenging to find couple toys, but you know, I can you know make a couple of recommendations when we come back because there are some toys that did get created specifically because people wanted to have something so that the, as a couple, they could use it. So we're going to be coming up here soon for our last break and our tunes. And when I come back, I'm going to be talking about giving the gift of yourself. with Lou on Toginet with your host Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. weird weekend relaxing and reading through mental floss when I came across these rip-roaring R-words. I recognized a few of them, such as the old 18th century Scottish word ramfeasled, which means fatigued or exhausted. A couple more great R-words are ruckitly tuckitly, meaning crumpled or gathered up and ruched. Rouge is commonly used today to describe a flattering blouse or a top. 
Rabbity is a 16th century word for an innocent fool. While Raffle Coppin is a rash, impetuous person. Or maybe just somebody that gets carried away with our words. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. It's easy to fall into the same old routine, whether you're at your desk or working out in the gym. When it comes to exercise especially, it's important to stay challenged and to switch it up. Not only is it good for you mentally, it's also beneficial to your body. Cooper Aerobic Center recommends that you don't stick to the same beat. While it's important to keep your overall exercise schedule consistent, you don't have to do the same workouts each time. Try different machines or classes to switch things up. They say that if you're not feeling a challenge, up your intensity level. Your ultimate goal is to reach a high intensity level of exercise while remaining safe. That is good advice and a useful reminder to change things up in your workout to achieve the best results. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. So before the break, I said I would you know, give you the name of uh, a couple of sex toys that were specifically created for couples. And one of them is called the We Vibe. Now, the one thing you have to be aware of, there are a lot of things that have tried to knock off the We Vibe. Um, but this is the... Uh, it has a remote control. You can adjust the speed. You can change the uh, easily change the intensity, and it's something that is was created by. Uh, uh, pardon me. He was an engineer, mechanical engineer, and his wife made the comment, "Why aren't there any toys for couples?" And that's where it came from. So, and the other thing you can look at is a line called Sports Sheets. And this is for the, the line, it's called Keeping Couples Connected. That's their, um, their vanilla kink, their light kink. But what they do is they've got things that can be used. And trust me, if you know anyone who has any form of a slight disability, you will find that this is, they are some of the most creative people, bar none, period. So, and, you know, here's the thing. You can have a vibe. You can have something that creates sensation. You can have something that, you know, has a change of heat or texture. But it really boils down to if it seems like it would be fun for you to use, then try it. But if it isn't, then, you know, then don't. But the thing for most people is they want to know that even if it is a complete disaster, that they're having fun with it. Okay? Now, um, sexually giving yourself giving yourself as a gift. The thing, biggest thing about sexually giving yourself is to be present, not be thinking about someone else. Many people do, 
not be thinking about what you have to do after with your to-do list. Because even if it's not spoken, the person that you were with will know you're not there, will know that there's something else, you know, going on. And you need to, I mean, the focus, you know, who is it? Um, Eckhart Tolle, who says, you have got to be in the moment. And the moment you're in the moment, you are not going to be in your ego. Um, you know, so sexually and psychologically, these are the two things that when you are present, you are absolutely there. And you're aware of, you know, when you first watch couples, when they're together in public, you will see how much attention they give one another, right? Well, this is a similar thing. Now, you can pretend that you know everything about your partner's body, but I bet you don't, um, or a new partner. But what most people want is they want to have the feeling of, I can create pleasure for this person. And that's what I'm looking at when, you know, sexually, you know, your, your sexual Christmas gift is you being present. And that can be any different type of intimacy. That does not have to be, uh, you know, sexual intercourse. It can be, you know, uh, uh, different massage. It can be giving someone, you know, a, uh, a back rub. It can be giving them the time to decompress at the end of the day. Anything you do that has you be aware and present for your partner will change how the two of you relate to one another. And, you know, I talked about this a bit, but when you talk about a new attitude, what you are really doing is getting the gift of a new viewpoint. And anytime something is new, that means you don't know everything about it, right? So when you're trying, you know, and I think of sexuality and our sexual appetites, sexuality as an appetite. And sometimes you want the same recipe. Sometimes you want a new thing. And sometimes there's things you never would try. All perfectly okay. But the thing is, if you have something that you'd really like to try, yeah, it may feel, you know, dangerous to ask for something or it may feel, oh God, it just makes me feel too vulnerable. The vulnerability of being with a partner is one of the things that is shared only between the two of you. That's why it's so powerful. So when you are creating a new sexual history or a new intimate history, as you, you know, come to the close of, you know, 2017, look at where you are and ask yourself, do you want to be there next year at this time? Probably not. You might want to change one or two other things. So whether it's the, the sexual health component of it or the physical health component of it, you are in charge of creating a new sexual history. And sometimes with people, they only want to do the same thing. I have one girlfriend of mine and she says, I told him, don't do anything different. Just do what you always do because it's the thing that works for me. And I have a woman that I'm, I'm going to be responding you know, to who was saying that you know, she was fine and everything was fine and then all of a sudden everything changed and she didn't know what it was. And I, you know, I don't know 
I didn't get all the details from her, which I will, but I need to know if, how stressed is she? How much time do they have? Do they have a lock on the door? Uh, because I did a show in London one time and for the BBC, and there were a couple, and he was saying, you know, ever since we had kids, she, you know, is very self-conscious about anything when we're doing anything. And he said, also, the other thing is that she usually make, she used to make a lot of noise when she orgasmed. And I said, okay. And he said, now she doesn't want to make the noise because of the kids. I said, is that because it'll wake them up or she's embarrassed? He said, kind of a combination of both. And I said, well, you know, what else is, you know, and he said, you know, and sometimes the kids walk into the room and I looked at him and I said, do you have a lock on your door? He said, no. I said, get one. <laughs> How can you possibly have the ability to relax into feeling connected with someone if you think the next thing that's going to happen is you're going to be interrupted? Now, that can be, you know, exciting and, you know, heighten things and create, you know, more of a, a risk factor for someone who likes to do things in public, although I would not recommend it given the current climate. Uh, but, you know, for most people, they want to know that that person is there with them and only them. So the other thing I would always recommend, take your phones and take them off the table and put them somewhere else, okay? Because if you have a phone going off in the middle of your dinner or the middle of your conversation, just as you mean, as I do, but I will answer that later. Um, when you have something like that, that's a third person in the room. It's the same reason I tell people, don't have a TV in your bedroom. You can change that one way. You know, many people fall asleep to the TV. Well, I don't recommend that because the electronic magnetic frequencies, not bright. But when I look at people, I ask them to try and create sanctuary and place for themselves. And sometimes that's not all that easily done. But many times, if couples will take five minutes to connect at the end of the day, when, you know, the gift of yourself, the gift of a new view, you will create a very different dynamic going forward. And that is a powerful message to a partner that when they come home, you want to talk to them. You want to be around them. Why do you think people really like coming home to their dogs? The dogs are excited and love them. <laughs> and the dogs are like, yippee. And anyone who says cats don't do it, yes, they do. I happen to know for a fact they do. And it really depends on, you know, the kitty. But when I look at what people do at the end of the year, I ask them to please do a review of yourself and what's going on. Are you dealing with money issues? Well, then, you know, and that happens for a lot of people. Then what you've got to do is you've got to jump on it and find out what you can do to change that. It's not, you know, is that spending less? Is that, you know, making going out and, you know, finding, you know, uh, a different job or having someone brings more money in or finding different investments? It all boils down to what is working for you and, you know, I've spoken today about changing things for people who, you know, might be in relationships together. But this could also, this applies as equally to people who are single and who might like to be in a relationship. I mean, it's the whole thing boils down to you attract in where you are most powerful. And 
it isn't so much the attracting, but you be, you do make yourself become magnetic. And that is really powerful. So when I see someone who is, you know, upset that they're not in a relationship, my first question to them is, well, you know, how are you when you're around other people? Is the only thing you talk about, I want to be in a relationship? No one wants to hear that broken record. What they want to hear is, hey, I really enjoy being around people. Then make yourself be around people. Don't be isolated. And, you know, if it means, hey, find a new hobby, whether it's throwing pottery or doing something, you never know when someone's going to show up. You don't know if they're going to show up sitting beside you on an airplane. I've had that happen. You don't know if it's going to be when they are, you know, uh, beside you, uh, riding to a, you know, on public transit somewhere or just walking beside you, you know, on your way into work one day. You don't know. But the thing that will change, making you, you know, change your sex, you know, I call, I call it, you know, like changing your sex barometer is your attitude and your intention. And I tell people this, and sometimes I think, they, you know, that's kind of like, well, you know, I, I think, well, if I dress a particular way, no, I'm telling you right now, the dressing isn't the thing that really does it. It's more about how you feel about you. Yeah, dressing counts, but it's not the only thing. We're coming down to the final moments. You can find me uh, office at Lou Paget or loupaget.com. And I want you to have a fabulous, fabulous holiday. Whatever one you're celebrating, if it's Christmas or Hanukkah, going finishing Hanukkah, or if it's, you know, Kwanzaa, enjoy, have a happy, happy new year. And I will see you in 2018. Take care, everyone. Bye for now. you for being a part of sex talk with lou on toginet with host lou paget every week this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health our sexual health join lou paget 